And so I thought that was a good segue into our, um, our sermon series on today, dealing with unity um, and, and coming together, because just like the five fingers, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about the body and how the body um, uh, uh, gives us an example of the unity of God. And so these five fingers, look at your five fingers, pull them on down. Like this, they have really no impact. But when you put them together like this, they have a greater impact. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about becoming unified. Nothing that God has created um, was by happenstance. Um, he gave you five fingers, and the five fingers that you have and the different body parts that we have, even as the body of Christ, um, God has placed us here um, to, make, to be a powerful weapon and a witness for him. So let's close our eyes. Father, we just praise you. We thank you on today, Lord, for just everything that you have done up until this point. Thank you for your spirit that has met us here. We praise you and we thank you. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. For you are my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, unity, unity. Um. Uh, a pop quiz. Who was here on last Sunday? All right. Somebody, somebody talked to me. Some folks don't want to raise their hand, and I know they were here. <laughs> They're like, what's she going to ask me? Um, somebody give me one, one definition or, or what they got from the message on last week concerning unity, concerning the definition. Don't everybody speak at one time. See, now, if y'all were smart, y'all be pulling up your phones and pulling up the church app. <laughs> <laughs> unity, unity, come on, come on, somebody, somebody, unity. We talked about unity. Oh, we're stronger together. We're stronger together, okay. What, what next? Sister Hannah, I see you, uh, you ain't got it up yet? Well, then that mean I didn't do my job. If it, I remember you, the video from last week okay. with the, uh, the penguins. Okay. And the penguins was on one side, and then okay. the shark started. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, yes, ma'am. You gave a demonstration of arms linked together, and, and seemingly, if a person stood by themselves, they could be pulled off balance. Exactly. But together, if they were linked to others, they were stronger. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sister Diana, you pulled it up yet? I did. <laughs> Give me something. A state of being undivided. Awesome. So let's let's pull up my definition of unity. Go ahead. There you go. A condition that's maintained by a group of individual units. Units. One unit, when they come together, makes a whole. Unit is by itself, but it says units. Um, it's an expression of harmony, expression. Um, uh, uh, and I'm gonna, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but unity must be visual. It must be uh, uh, seen. It must be visible. Um, so an expression of harmony. It's the quality or state made one. So in other words, it's something that is separate and you make it to become one. Y'all ever play with Play-Doh? Mm -hmm. You take Play-Doh and you ball. You got one, and then you can just pick it apart and make all, and then you bring, bring it back together. Um, you, you're actually making something into one. 
Um, let's look at the next one. It says unity is continuity without deviation or change as in purpose or action. That says a whole lot. You're not deviating. What is the purpose? What, what are you to do? What's your action? Um, many of you have set, set out to come to church this morning, come to Open Altar Worship Center. You did not deviate because of the rain. You did not deviate because of what you were doing. So you, you had a mind of what you, your purpose was to get here, and you did not deviate in that action or that purpose. So unity means that you're not going to deviate from the purpose that God has set out. Open altar worship center. God has, has placed us and has given us a purpose. He's given us each one of you uh, individually has a purpose, but together we all fulfill a major purpose. We were talking about um, the, the Thanksgiving baskets. So um, you have one Thanksgiving basket. One item makes one item is only one, but when you put it together, it makes a what? It makes a meal. Okay, so in other words, so we have that one meal. I put one meal there. You come together and you put another meal together. We're trying to get 26 baskets. So that means that each one of you donating, each one of you giving what God has given you, the gifts, it becomes a whole and to complete the 26 baskets that we need. So we're not deviating from that purpose. What's the next one? It says a shared sense of mission. A shared sense of mission, thinking the same way. People say, well, I don't think like you. But in, in, in Christ and in the body of Christ and in the church, God says that I would desire that this mind be in you, that which is also in Christ Jesus. So in other words, we are to have the same mind that Christ has. It says, put on the whole armor. To, uh, 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 let, your, let your mind be transformed. Let this mind be in you. Transform your thinking. So in other words, what you're thinking should line up with what God says, what, what he's thinking. So it's thinking the same way. Thinking the same way. And then it's a state of being undivided. A state of being undivided. Um, uh, uh, maybe next week we're going to talk about uh, unity dividers. Things that, that divide and the things that destroy unity. Um, but it means that we are divided with a purpose. So my point number one is that um, we must regard unity in the perspective of the human body. In the perspective of the human body. I use the, the, the hands um, as an example. But you can look at your feet. You can look at your eyes. You can look at everything and understand and get an example of how God intended for unity to take place. And, and the, the, my message is uh, unity, God's original intent. God's original intent. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And we're going to start reading at the 14th verse. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not the hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? What's the answer? No. no. It says, um, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, 
How would you smell? How would you smell anything if all you had was an ear? I mean, y'all getting me. So there's many parts. We're talking about unity. Verse 18, it says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. You don't have your ear that's attached to your toe. Your ear is attached to your what? Head. Your eye is not over here. I know our mamas used to say, I got eyes in the back of my head. Now, how is that? God didn't put no eyes in the back of your head. Come on now. God put everything just the way he, he, he designed it. When we're dealing with unity, understand the unity part. Um, and it says that, uh, what's the next? What did, what did I left off? I got sidetracked, y'all. 19. It says, how strange a body would it be if it had only one part? Yes. Uh, it says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts, see, and, and let me pause right there. Let me go back. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most important. That seem weakest, the least important, are actually the most necessary. The most necessary. Turn to somebody and say, you're necessary. You're necessary. 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 And sometimes we, we, we want to create a... Uh, 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 positions and elevations in the church and say, okay, because they're doing this, they're important. But how many of you know, even just like in the children's ministry, you don't see sister Tiffany right now, but she has the most important job in the church right now. Am I right? She's teaching our young kids. She is developing and mentoring our young kids. You don't see her. She's quiet. She don't make a lot of noise. As a matter of fact, some of y'all don't even know who she is because she's so quiet. But she makes the most impact in this church because she's teaching our young kids. She's teaching them the word of God. She's teaching them how to live holy. But yet in the same process, teaching them how to have fun and learning the word of God. And so it says, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Less dignity. And if one part suffer, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All the parts are glad. I want to do a little demonstration right now. I need, Gabe, can you bring me, um, bring me two chairs right here. Bring those two chairs. And then that rope that's over there, I want that rope. You're going to figure out how to disconnect it. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, okay, that's good. Have a seat, Sister Nick. <laughs> Have a seat, you, Gabe. Don't go nowhere. Hold on a second. I need this rope, though. I need the rope. I need the rope. Let's un 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 unsnip snap it. Okay, there we go. All right. Okay. All right, Mr. Gay. I'm looking for another volunteer. Come on here, Diana. <laughs> Diana, tie, tie, tie his hands, tie his feet up first. Okay. Tie his feet up. Tie his feet up real good. <laughs> tie them up. Make sure, that's right. That's right. Make sure they don't come loose. You need more rope. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I want you to tie his hands with the rope, too. <laughs> tie his hands up. Get them real good. <laughs> real good. Tie them up. Tie them up. Now, we're talking about unity. Now, I need enough rope to go over here to Sister Nikki, too. I need enough rope to go over there to her too. Okay, that's that's okay. That's good enough. That's good enough. All right, put your hands out, sister. Let's do you too. All righty. All right. Okay, so we're talking about unity. We're talking about how the body functions together. And we're, now, both of them are tied. Now, Gabe, you try to get up and move. Go ahead on, get up and walk. Uh, uh, go sit down, have a seat. <laughs> you can't go, okay, you can't go nowhere. Okay, all right. Well, Sister Nikki, you come on over here to me. <laughs> you can't do it. Can't do it. So the thing is, all right, okay. So just like they are tied up, can't move, part of the body, bound up, situations have come. He got feet, but he can't go nowhere. He got hands, but he can't use them right now. She has hands, but she can't use them. So, okay, Sister Nikki. Now, i tell you what. Let me get another volunteer. When we're dealing with unity and two people are tied, he can't go nowhere without her. She can't go nowhere without him. They're attached together. And sometimes we get attached to the wrong thing. Sometimes we're unified with the wrong thing. Now I want y'all both to stand up with me. Come on, stand up. Gabe, you go ahead on to the cafe. Sister Nikki, you go ahead on over to the door over there. 
Just like she said, there are times that when we become unified with the wrong thing, the wrong thing is going in one opposite direction. And just like Nikki, God is saying, come over here. God, God saying, come, come. You're unified with me. But yet you're connected to something, to the wrong thing. God's saying, I need you to work for me. I need you. You're unified with me. But sometimes we are connected to the wrong thing and it's going in the opposite direction. And just like Nikki said, Nikki said sometimes she was like, I can't do that. So you're going to have to pull Gabe. Come on, Gabe. You're going to come. And so then Diana, come back over here. And so when you pull them closer, Nikki said, I can't do it. You coming on with me, Gabe. Come on with me. And she's getting closer to the father. She's getting closer to the father. So unbound them. As she gets closer to the father, she's becoming freer. She's becoming free from that thing that she's unified with. Hallelujah. And then she can turn around and say to this thing, she can lose this person. No, come on back over here, Dave. Because you're going to get free today, too. You're going to get free today, too. So you see, Hallelujah. So our unity, when we become unified, it will not only, and we become unified and closer to the Father, we get freer. We become free. We get delivered. And then in turn, we can turn around and free somebody else up. Amen. 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 The body, the body, they couldn't move. Hands were tied. Feet were bound. Praise God. So understanding that our body is an example of unity, and that was just a small, everything in your body is necessary. You are necessary to the body of Christ. You are important to the body of Christ. Understand that if we would ever get that picture, I'm just going to do my own thing. Get the picture that I am necessary and what I have is necessary. And I need to bring it together with the rest of the body so that we can make an impact. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's go to Romans 12 and 4 and 5. 12, 4 and 5. 12, 4, and 5 says, just as your body have many parts and each part has a specific function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all what? We all what? Y'all, come on. We belong to each other. We belong. Say we belong. We belong to each other. We're one, y'all. It says we're not Mutually dependent on one another, but we belong to each other. So we have to understand it's like, well, I'm my own person, but together we belong. We can't go over here and we can't tell the foot you don't belong to me because you need your foot. You can't say to your hand, you don't belong to me because you need your hands. You don't need, you can't say to your eye. Pluck it out. I don't need you. You need it. So each one of us in here are part of the body. And I love the way that, that the word of God um, demonstrated the body as bringing as, as a part of unity. Now, let's look at um, number two, point number two. Point number two says that unity is God's original intent. 
It's, a, his, it's his original tent. Let's go to Genesis um, 2 and 23. It says, at last, the man exclaimed, this one is what? Bone from my bone. He came, she came from me. This is after the woman had been made. And it says, in flesh from my flesh. In other words, she came from me. And she will be called what? Woman. Because she was what? She was taken from the man. She was taken from the man. Unity. Let's go to the next verse. And it says, verse number 24. This explains why a man leads his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into what? One. One. Unity. When God created us, he created us as a unified body. He created us as unity. The first two individuals that were made was Adam and Eve. They were one. He said that a man shall leave his wife, his, his, leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and be united as one. God intends for the, us to become united, not divided. Amen. Satan would seek to divide us in our thinking, That's right. divide us in our attitudes, Divide us in our own little hangups. I don't have the time. I don't feel like it. I'm not feeling this today. God says become unified. And to become unified, we have to put aside our own selfishness. We got to put aside our own thought processes. And this is my last point. I'm not going long today. Point number three. This is the part that I really wanted to spend some time on. It says we are not supposed to live in isolation. Our unity must be visible. Our unity must be visible. Let's turn to, uh, let me see what scripture I want to turn to. Oh, John 17 and 11. Now this is Jesus and Jesus is, 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 is praying to the father. And he says, now I am departing from the world, but they are staying in this world. We are staying in this world. We're not just living on the moon. Anybody in here living on the moon? We're living on earth here. We have been left here on earth. And it says now, but Jesus said, I am departing, but they are staying. And so Jesus says, but I am coming to you. This is Jesus saying, I'm coming to the Father. And he says, now, Holy Father, you have given me your name. It says, now protect them. Protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. God's original intent, God's intent is that we not become divided, whether, whether it be divided in, in, in color in race or anything, he desires that we all come together as one black, white, Hispanic, everything that you want to name. We are to come together as one. But it's said that the most segregated time in America is during Sunday service. It's during Sunday service. And I'm so glad that I can look around. In this auditorium here and see that we are what? 
we are united. We have different races, Hispanic. I love it. I love it. And this is the way it's intended to be. It's intended to be. And so my desire is God help us to be able to reach even more. We have a community across the street that's Hispanic. And my heart is so burdened for them. Because I want to help them. I want to help them to understand English. Because the thing about it, when you become divided and not united, this is the thing. The enemy will take advantage of you. He will put you, he will cause people to take advantage of you. And I have found out that even dealing with the community that we are connected with, a lot of them are being taken advantage of because they cannot understand how to read and write the English language. And so... They are the minority and we are the majority. Mm. We need to be inclusive and not exclusive. Amen. That's right. That's right. I believe in ex- inclusivity and not exclusive. Amen. How would you feel if you were the minority? You'd leave, wouldn't you? You would say, I'm not going in. I'm not going to deal with it. You don't want to be the minority. It feels so much better. So we have to have a heart to pull people together. And so the word of God says that Jesus went to the father and prayed that we would be united just as they are united. The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is praying that we become united. And a lot of times we we don't understand. We got somebody that's got our back, that's rooting for us, that wants us to be united. It's his intent that we become united. Now let's look at um, uh, 20 and 23. Going down to uh, 20, 20, verse 20. Verse 20, it says that, and I think I just switched to a whole other, there we go. Verse 20 says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Okay, so I said that unity must be visible. And so in other words, he was saying when the disciples become united, what did it say? It said that through their unity, others are going to believe through their message. One voice, one sound. One voice, one sound. And it says, I pray that you will be one just as uh, uh, they will be all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will what? Believe that you sent me. When you look at these verses, these verses are forming the pattern for unity. It's a pattern for unity. It says that, first of all, we recognize that Jesus is praying for our unity. And then in order to be one, we first have to be in him. A house divided cannot stand. Okay? So we have to be in him. And it says... As, as you are in me, so that means, and the Father and I am in you. So we have to be intertwined into who God is. We got to get into his word. We got to be in him. And it says, uh, and may they be in us 
So that means we have to be in him. That's the pattern. Be in him in order to create unity. And it says so that the world will believe that you sent me. So when you are in the father, you will begin to speak like the father. You will begin to think like the father. You will begin to desire things like the father. And so when when I'm connected with someone that is thinking and acting and and having a desire for God, when I connect with them, we become a powerful source. What? The fist. One, two, three, four. When these all become united as one, they become a powerful force. So when all of us are believing in God, believing in the power of God, believing in what God can do, you have different giftings, different abilities, a different mindset. You may not think like me, but when we come to the table, let me share something with you. The idea about the Thanksgiving baskets was not my idea. I'm going to tell on her right now. It was Sister Hannah's idea. I was over here stressing, how are we going to get this done? 26 baskets. And she said, Pastor Wendy, that's easy. I wanted to say, let you say it. (laughs) I mean, literally, I got the phone call on Tuesday. And since Tuesday, I had been stressing like, okay, well, how are we going to get these baskets together? How are we going to get 26 Thanksgiving? And she said, it's easy. You just do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, What? And so let me tell you, I did it, sent it out, put it on Facebook, and immediately I started getting donations. Come on, y'all. Immediately started getting donations. Why? Because she was on the same vision, the same purpose. I didn't have the idea. She had the idea. And because of her idea, now it's coming to fruition. We may not think alike, but what you're thinking can help to bring about the purpose. And so because of that, people are able to see the love of God. They're able to see God and believe. Believe that the word is good. Uh, uh, and I just wanted to share something with you. Um, and it just, I, I, was, I was overfilled with joy when I started seeing donations come in. And I saw one this morning come in. And I just started crying. Because I, I, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not going to go into all of it. But I, I was putting some things out there to God and telling God my concerns. And God spoke to me so clearly. He says, you're my responsibility. He says, and not only are you my responsibility, but Open Altar Worship Center is my responsibility too. And when that started coming into play, I was so comforted in saying, God, it's your responsibility. I gave it to him. It's his responsibility. It's not mine to worry about, to stress about. I gave it to him, and it's his responsibility. So the unity between the Father and the Son forms a pattern for unity for which we must strive for. We don't, it doesn't automatically come. We got to work for it. We got we to strive for it. And it says Jesus' uh, desire for the disciples was that they become one, and he wanted them unified as a powerful witness to the reality of God's love. When we become unified, we display God's love. We display God's love. And a lot of times the enemy would want us to be isolated because of things that we go through. 
things that we deal with. I'm just going to take my marbles and I'm going to go home and play by myself. When we get offended, we want to go and the enemy wants us to isolate ourselves. Don't talk. Don't, don't interact. Don't come together. Stay by yourself. Deal with this by yourself. But God says, no, 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 no. Come together. Come together. Let somebody else hold your arms up for a while. Let somebody undergird you with some prayer. See, the problem is a lot of times we don't realize and we're not transparent enough and say that I'm dealing with this because guess what? If we would be transparent enough to say I'm dealing with this, you could get the help that you need because God is going to work through somebody else. God's going to work through someone. We just got to be willing to say, look, God, share what you say. Now, don't go share with everybody. But people... God will place individuals in your life that you can share with. And as I said, unity must be visible. It is God's original intent that we become unified. Now, I want, Gabe, I want you to get on the bay. I want y'all musicians get on the get on the keyboard. And this is my last example of unity. My last example. And then, Sheena, I want you to grab a mic. Unity must be visible in order for someone to believe and to hear. Okay, now, Sheena, just start singing any song you want to sing. I don't care. Okay. Sister Michelle, play anything, but don't play what she's singing. You just play, play anything. Gabe, just play whatever you want to play, but don't play that matches her. You just start playing. Just start beating. Just beat. Just beat. something together. Okay. Now y'all can sing. Consuming. 